This is the Alchemized Life Podcast. I'm your host, Ava Johanna, and I am so grateful to have you here joining me for yet another soul expansive conversation. My intention with every episode is to show you through storytelling and in-depth conversations that you, yes, you, are capable of creating anything you desire. Alongside yours truly, you'll hear from thought leaders and industry voices, and together we will teach you how to come alive in your authentic expression and remember the infinite power of your soul. We're covering topics like wealth, worthiness, the pursuit of your passions, and you'll be inspired to break all the rules of living an ordinary life. You were truly put on this planet to have it all. The thriving spiritual practice, the steamy relationship, the income, and the impact. So together, let's align with our divine selves and alchemize your life. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. We have a very special episode with one of our AOB alumni, Emma Muskan, who is such a radiant, amazing human being. I'm so grateful that she was a part of AOB with this last round that we did. She is a just the most grounded present energy and just she's just so beautiful I was having this conversation with her and I'm like god she's just amazing and so I'm so grateful that you get to hear the conversation that you get to hear a taste of Emma's biggest takeaways inside of the Academy of Breath, which is now enrolling for our June 29th cohort. It is our second round of 2023. It is our ninth cohort altogether. And I'm just so freaking excited and highlighting and talking to AOB alum over these past several weeks and sharing these episodes with all of you has been honestly the most special experience for the sheer fact that the way that breathwork and meditation resonate with each and every one of us is similar, yes, but also so different. And so when I'm having these conversations with AOB alum, like I have my own take on breathwork, my own experiences, the things that have really stood out to me, the breakthroughs that I've had through these practices, the value that I've placed on my breathwork practice, and Diving into conversations with AOB alum always creates greater context and just expands the spectrum of the magic of breathwork and meditation. So I'm so excited for you to hear Emma's experience inside of AOB, her experience with breathwork, how it has impacted her life and her business as a teacher, a yoga teacher in Italy. Um, And you better believe that I will be out in Italy hanging with Emma Maybe we'll do a retreat. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> we, we, before we hit record, she's like, come out and do a retreat. I'm like, that sounds freaking amazing. Yes, please. Like, I would love that. Um, but anyways, I'm just so, so, so honored to have had the time to connect with Emma, to hear her experience. For those of you that are business owners as well, you know, it's so special to just have these moments to connect with the people that you work with and to really hear not just how you as a teacher, mentor, coach have impacted them, but really how the work itself has impacted them. And so for those of you that have been on the fence about AOB, if you have been thinking about it for either several weeks, several months, or even several years, let this conversation be the kick in the booty that you need to trust your intuition, to dive in, and to know that on the other side, who you will be is the most highest aligned version of yourself 
committed, devoted, confident, courageous, powerful, led intuitively, connected to the heart, connected to the body, just such a beautiful, beautiful transformation will go down. So link is in the show notes to join AOB. It is a 12-week breathwork program starting on June 29th. And Emma is one of our alumni. Please go give her a follow. Go support her. Go share whatever stood out the most from this episode. Her Instagram is at Emma Muscan, E-M-M-A-M-O-S-C-A-N. We'll link it in the show notes as well. And we're just hitting the 111 mark on my garage band. So I'm going to kick it off there. Let's dive into the episode. And I hope you guys enjoy. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Alchemized Life podcast. Y'all are about to hear me geek out for the next hour. I am so excited. Emma Dunwoody is here and we are going to be having a conversation on human design. And while y'all know, I know very, very little about human design. I feel like we're about to go deep and I am going to, hopefully by the end of this, I'll be my own little human design expert, at least as it relates to my own, my own design type. So I'm so excited to have you here. I cannot wait to just share your wealth of knowledge with my listeners and everybody here. So thank you so much for coming on The Alchemized Life. Uh, You're so welcome. I'm super excited to dive in and have an awesome conversation about human design with you. Yeah. Okay. So I need to know because I feel like human design for me at least was something that became more apparent. I would say like maybe two and a half years ago, three years ago. And I know that meditation was like one of the big practices for you that supported you when you were navigating depression and anxiety. So whereabouts in your story did human design actually come into the picture? And even like taking it back before you found human design, like, would you see yourself being where you are today? Like, was this the path that you were heading down? So this is such a great question. No one's ever asked me that specifically. And no, is the simple answer. Like I always knew that I was going to do something. I was going to change the world. Like since I was tiny, I can remember going, okay, well, I want to leave this planet better than I found it. So that was always this underlying mission. But my story actually starts 20 years ago, being diagnosed with depression and panic disorder, being given a diagnosis that this was this was life. I was going to learn to manage it and never heal it, and that not being an option for me. I remember walking across the car park after this appointment and thinking to myself, well, I'm either going to end it all or I'm going to find a way to heal myself because I cannot live the rest of my life this way. And that was this catalytic moment that thank goodness I listened to the deeper voice inside of me and I started going down this rabbit hole of trying to understand how I got myself to that situation and how I could get myself out. And so that really started this journey of understanding human behavior. I was very deep into understanding neuroscience because it all started as the science of happiness, which of course took me to this place of like, okay, meditation. I have to learn to meditate and gratitude. These were the two things that first started to shift my mental health. And when I first started sitting down meditating, I was terrified. Like every time I shut my eyes, I was really terrified. And I look back now and I'm like, it's so It's crazy to think how scared I was. I was scared of the faces I was going to see. I was scared of things that would exist in that realm of who I really was. It was, you know, terrifying. But 
all of this, I was like, okay, well, I need to work this stuff out. So I just need to turn up. I need to do the thing. So I did that. But I started to understand the brain. I started to understand human behavior. I was studying these things at length. Then, of course, neuroscience came into it. Then, of course, quantum physics came into it. Metaphysics came into it. And I had gone through this process by then of transforming my career. I was in advertising and then I moved into you know, creating my own business. I had healed my mental health. I had healed my marriage. I'd had two kids. We'd moved from, you know, the country back into to Sydney and the city and like ticked all of these boxes, you know, like I've like loved Tony Robbins. I was into all of the personal development and I was like, yeah, I'm smashing it. I'd gone and I'd studied and become a master coach, spent three years really understanding how like every facet of human behavior and performance and how to get people to, you know, healing trauma, all sorts of stuff. And I had this moment where I'm like, I've completely transformed my life. Why don't I feel better inside? Like I'm a lot better than I was at 28, but there's still like, there's this big gap. I don't feel like I'm like, what's my purpose? Like, what is my mission? And this was a time in my life where I had, put out to the universe and I'd gone off and walked the Camino, which is this 800 kilometer pilgrimage in Spain. And I've actually just got back from doing it again, five years later. And I said to the universe, I'm like, okay, you tell me what it is. If you just show me what this missing piece, because I feel like it's tiny, but at the same time, it's massive. Show me what it is. And I promise I'll do it. And anyway, I get back from the Camino in, in the 48 hours that I get back, all I'm asked about is human design. It's like, tell me about human design. Tell me about human design. Tell me about, and I'm like, I don't know. It's some woo-woo thing that I picked up a couple of times and then I put it back down because it was too like, eh, I want science. I want results. But then I'd made this promise to the universe. So I was like, okay, clearly this human design thing is a thing for me. And I Googled like best human design teacher or something like that in Australia. Well, there was one and she lived one suburb away from me and she trained with one of the original group that worked with Ra. So I was like, okay, that is not an accident. So I just kept following my strategy and authority. And at this time I had a corporate business and that corporate business was working with C-level executives, you know, executive teams running workshops. And I have this thing called human design that I'm like, damn it, I made a promise to the universe. I'm not only running my experiment and getting these amazing results, that hole is, you know, just diminishing at rapid speed. But now I have to actually introduce it to all my corporate clients, like, damn it. And from the first person I said, do you mind if you just give me my birth, your birth details? Like what time you were born? Because I'm using this modality and it's really having big impact always so afraid. They'd be like, are you weird? Every time everyone's like, yeah, sure. Here's my details. And then watching the difference between, I mean, my clients were already getting great results, but how we could speed up the results that they were getting, the healing they were getting, improve their relationships, not only in the office, but at home with their kids, with their partners. I was like, mm, this thing's really important. So I just followed my strategy and authority. That's that's literally what I did to get where I am today. And now being a personality and behavioral profiler anyway, like using all these other tools and then coming to human design, it's it's blown my mind because it really is your energetic blueprint. It's your game, you know, your playbook of how to play the game of life. And once you understand it and you're in alignment with it, like epic change, alignment, like it, it's 
mind blowing. Yeah. I'm like, okay, sign me up. This is amazing. It's, it's so obvious though, right? Because what do we, what do we desire as human beings to know ourselves more? And so if there's this tool that's going to allow us to know ourselves more in the same way that with breath work, you know, like we were just talking about for your podcast, it, it's this, this, this secret code that we have inside of us that when accessed allows us to truly be superhuman. So I'm so curious because you mentioned, and you know, I know we've spoken about this already, this like results driven, and wanting wanting the proof and being a little iffy about it when you first started playing with human design but then when you really went all in you started actually experiencing these amazing results what were those results that like how do you start really paying attention to the power of human design I love that. So yes, I'm very results driven. So that was the thing for me because it didn't necessarily had any research, have any research backing it. As I started to introduce it, I was really paying attention to the changes, whether it was, you know, the results I was getting or all of my clients. And for me, there were so many things that happened really fast. Like one of the things, understanding that I'm a manifesting generator, I'm a three, five MG cross of planning, emotional authority, so all of a sudden, I understood this piece, this thing about consistency. Now, this doesn't sound like it's a game changer. However, anyone out there listening, and I know a lot of your audiences, you know, they have their own business. What do they tell you about success? They tell you to succeed, you must be consistent. However, I had a belief system that I'm inconsistent. I had tried for years to change myself, to make myself more consistent, and I had completely deleted the evidence that I, I had achieved at an elite level at sport, but all of that evidence I deleted. Like I had, I did not relate that if I can succeed over there, I can succeed in business. I kept telling myself that I'm not succeeding because I'm not consistent. Now, once I understood my design, well, first of all, I'm an MG. So we're non-linear beings. We don't do things in a straight line. We, we take a bit of this over there and a bit of that over here and we put it all together. Then I started to understand like I'm a line three profile. So I'm not going to just put, it's not one plus two equals three. It's one plus seven equals 22. No, actually that's not right. It's actually the other way around. No, but no. And it's this experimentation and this messiness and this playing and then I understood I'm an emotional authority, which means I'm riding this emotional wave. And, you know, at one time I'm going to feel something and at some another time I'm going to feel something else that I started to realize that, hang on a second, how does consistency look for me? If I'm going to succeed, what does consistency look like for me? And one of the first things I learned, which wasn't even human design, is like we're taught that consistency is this thing that we do every single day. But actually, that's how the masculine creates consistency because they have a 24-hour energetic cycle. We have a 28-day energetic cycle. So when I started to understand that consistency could look like hustling my butt for four days and taking three days off, when it looked like I can tell people to wait until I've come up, until I have clarity around a decision, I don't have to just keep taking massive action straight away. Once I understood that the experimentation, like I'm winning or learning, there's no failure. I'm, I'm this experimenter. All of a sudden, all I had to do was continue to move forward. And that's what consistency looked like for me. So it actually changed everything, changed everything in my business and my strategy and authority. Like fundamental, fundamentally, that was the thing that catalyzed the growth of my business because I was running my experiment. I'm an MG, so it's all about being in response. 
I had this insight, which is actually my core talent in my design, that I had to change the name of my podcast to the Human Design Podcast. Now, in that moment, my mind was like, what do you mean? Like, you haven't been doing this long enough. You don't know enough. Who are you? Back in your box, chocolate, like ego telling me all the stuff that our egos tell us when we get out of our comfort zone, right? But I'm like, I'm not interested, ego, because I'm running my experiment. So my strategy and my strategy is that I have to respond. So I've had an insight. There's nothing I can do about it. I can't act on it yet. I wrote it down in my journal. Then the next day I'm on the phone to one of my mentors and he said, oh my God, someone needs to do a podcast, a human design podcast, because there's nothing good out there. You should do that. I was like, there it is. There it is. So straight away, there was all this evidence and it was changing my business you know, without me even efforting, it just, all I had to do was follow my strategy and authority. I had to follow my design. Wow. Okay. The way that you articulate human design is so easy to digest. I have to just say right here and right now, like I've had many conversations with people about human design and I still walk away and say, I'm a one, three projector. I don't know much about it. (laughs) Mm. And so the conversation that we're having right now, I feel like, Oh, okay. Like I get how this works. And so thank you for the work that you've done in embodying this work, but also like are being able to articulate it because I think for a lot of people, because it's so vast and there's so many different elements of it, it can be really overwhelming that they don't necessarily go all the way in. And I think that's also the value of working with somebody too, because you can, you know, there's a human design app that shows you and like gives a breakdown of what each section means. And I'm like, I still don't understand it all. I don't know really what it's like to be fully living in my divine, my design type. Like I can, I know that my strategy is wait for the invitation, but you're talking right now about response. And I'm like, well, what's the difference between that? And so I see that there's so much value. And actually, if this is something that's inter- that people are interested in, like really actually investing the time in like learning from you going through your podcast. I mean, your Instagram is such a well of information as well too, to really understand this and see those results. Like you're saying. Yeah, I love Thank you. I really appreciate that. It's actually something that's a large part of my core talent is to simplify. And it's also very much what we want people to be able to receive. And the reason why is this thing, this human design thing, you know, we've got this big mission to take it mainstream because it can change the world because it's going to help us shift the power from the few to the many. Because once we realize the power that lies within us and our true calling, purpose, connection, all of the things that we need as humans, that no one gets to dictate that to us, that it's actually all the answers we're looking for are inside, then we get to change this planet. We get to create peace and harmony. And again, I'm just speaking my design because it's my highest value, you know, like having this equality. So I think one thing we need to understand with human design is that it is very complicated and a lot of people are just teaching the knowledge, but it's an experiment. It's an experiment. Like, don't listen to me. Don't just take my word for it. Go out there and get messy. And once you start to implement, once you start to take imperfect action in the direction of your dreams or in the direction of of alignment, then you start to see the changes. You start to see the shifts. I think when I interviewed you on my podcast, one of the first questions I asked you was, so do you, have you created your own system? Because that's what projectors are here to do. They're here to say, this thing's great, but I can make it better. And that was, you know, that's so beautiful to see because who's going to tell you in the current power or education structure Who's going to tell you, oh, you need to make breath work better. 
Because you'd be like, your ego is like, I can't make it better. It's breathwork. It's amazing. But when you're in alignment with your truth, you're just listening to your heart. You're listening to your soul. You're listening to source. And you're like, well, I don't know why, but I just have to put these things together. And from a human design point of view, it gives us full permission because it's here in black and white and multicolor. It's here that we can go, okay, wow, for me personally, a large part of my purpose is to use my voice, like just use my voice. So I hustled my butt growing my business. I did all of these things and I loved it, but I didn't love it that much. And one day I said to Taylor, who she's my COO, I hired her as a virtual assistant and we were, you know, maybe a year into our relationship. And I was like, hey, I just want to be the talent. I think I just want to use my voice. I want to be the one that gets to go out there. I get to work with clients. Do you reckon that running the business will be something in your future? Is that something that we can work on? And of course, her design as an MG, a 5-1 sacral MG, that's all she's ever wanted to do. Like her biggest energy is expansion. We're like, right. So all we have to do is run our experiment, be in alignment with our design. And then all of a sudden we get permission to really step into our greatness, to be who we're here to be. And imagine a world that we're all doing that. Imagine a world where we're all just stepping into our greatness. We're no longer outsourcing our power, looking for external validation, asking permission. We're like, no, I've got this and I can help and serve and support you until you've got this. Yeah. You know, and even as you were saying that, I was thinking of like how so many people think that life needs to look a certain way or that they should place themselves in some certain box. And that itself as you know, creates anxiety that just perpetuates itself. And I know for me, anytime that I have been doing what I think I should or living out what I think somebody or a mentor or whatever it might be is like that, that's my path. I always have the worst anxiety versus when I create enough space to get clear on like, well, what is my truth? What is my desire? What is my authentic expression? And do that. I always feel the most free, the most inspired, the most energized. And it's such a, I I feel like understanding your design is such a permission slip that like, you don't have to do things the, the way that everyone else does. And if it doesn't feel that great, that maybe you are in some way living outside of your design type. Yeah, a hundred percent. You know, I, I definitely think my journey with anxiety, I mean, I'd healed, you know, I didn't have panic attacks anymore. I'd healed my depression, done all of that sort of stuff before human design. However, once human design came in, like there was still a lot of anxiety, but my anxiety, like it's like very rare for me to experience anxiety now. And I think it's so much of, because it was an indicator. It was an indicator, like what is anxiety? If we really simplify it, it's fear of the future. That's all it is. Depression, regret from the past. So we're either in the past or we're in the future. That's really what we're talking about when we talk about depression and and anxiety. So what in the past am I afraid of? Well, if I actually ask myself what I'm afraid of, number one, I was afraid of the anxiety, like feeling the anxiety, which anyone who has made a habit of anxiety, that's often our biggest catalyst, which breathwork helps us break that. And there's not many practices we could do to break that cycle, but breathwork and meditation are two of them. But even more than that, let's go deeper. Like, well, what am I afraid of? And so often for me, I was afraid that I had to be this freaking person. I had to live up to other people's expectations and I'm a line five. So that's a big part of who I am. People project their crap onto me. Sometimes it's good and sometimes it's not so good. And then they put all their expectations on who I should be and how I should be and how I can help them and save them and serve them. And 
that's where my anxiety was coming from. And so once I could understand that, you know what? Yep, I have this superpower. I am a line five. I can solve problems. I can help people. I, yep, I can often be the superhero in the room but I don't have to be available to everyone at every time. No, 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 no. I'm going to put boundaries in place around this ability that I have or this superpower that I have, because I know that if I can serve five people, 10 people really, really well, instead of any person who comes across my path, then I'm going to do do better. The, The ripple effect is going to be better because I'm full up and then I can serve better. So even me saying like, I just want to be the 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 talent i want to be out there doing the work sharing the message doing the things that's a boundary for me i could be at the back end of my business doing all of these things i've got the capability i've got the energy but i don't have the desire so it's really you know gives us that big permission slip just to all of a sudden go all right maybe my anxiety is coming from a place that is serving trying to serve me not trying to just stop me mhm yeah just pay attention right mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the the pain as an acronym, pay attention inside now, right? So I love that anxiety is just another another indicator of of our body and our soul and our heart saying, hey, there's something something that we need to shift, something that's yeah. not adding up right now. So I'm hearing you talk and your design type is manifesting generator three five, but I'm also like. I feel like there's so many different different things that you're saying. And I'm like, that feels like me as well too. So when you look at, because I know that you have my information, when you look at our charts, are there similarities in like our type and how we're meant to show up in the world? Yeah, so I love this question because so many people, when they first come to human design, they fall into the what I would call the type trap. And they're like, oh, well, you're a projector and I'm a manifesting generator, so we're nothing alike. Mm, no, that's BS. Type wasn't even actually a part of the initial download. Like that wasn't part of what Ra Uruhu channeled. He actually created it later. So it was easier to teach. So yes, there are lots of things within me that are in you. We're both line threes. So in our profile, we have two numbers. You're a one, three, I'm a three, five. So a lot of the, this three energy. It's it's a really big theme in both of our lives because our profile is kind of like how we move through life, how we serve, how we learn. So you're an experiential learner. You love to, to you know, ground knowledge through that actual experience of it. So it's no surprise that something like breath work would be great for you because not only have you gone the, the line one road and gone down and, and got all the information, but then you have to do the practice before you actually know what you feel about it. You know, like if you're sitting in a room, let's say, and it's probably a little bit different for you because you've got to define Ajna and a line one, but often a line three can sit in a room in a learning environment and someone will say, anyone got any questions? And a line three will just sit there going, I got nothing. And I remember being taught, like, you have to question everything. You have to learn how to ask questions. So I would force myself to ask questions, force myself to ask questions. And then once I got human design and understood my design, I was like, oh, I have to have an experience of the thing. And then I have 50,000 questions. But until I've had an experience of the thing, I don't have the questions. So this also you know, helps you understand that learning, you're an experiential learner. So at school, if you're sitting in a two-dimensional, like read a book, 
and then answer a question for a line three that can be very hard because they've had no experience of it so you have the line three but you have the line one so the line one helps you with all of the the knowledge uh and and like they're very uh, curious. They have to get to the bottom. They're the investigator. They have to get the, to the bottom of everything. So between that and your defined Ajna, like intellect is a big part of how you're going to serve the world. Does that feel like it's resonant to you? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's so interesting because I've been in several group coaching and mastermind spaces over the years. And oftentimes when I go to jump on calls, I don't really have anything. And it's like, oh, I got to like force myself to figure it out and to like come up with something that is going to be a value to myself or add to the conversation. And it always feels like I'm kind of like trying to reach at straws versus when I actually just go and do something, I'm like, oh, now I have a million different questions to ask about this specific thing that I'm doing. And so that definitely resonates. And, you know, I very much resonate with my with my one because I have always like anytime that there's something that's of interest to me, I'm always like down the rabbit hole trying to figure out every which way about it and understand it. And, you know, like we were saying earlier, like the I want the evidence, I want the results, I want to be able to understand it so that my intellect can like really make sense of whatever the thing is. And so it's been really cool to have kind of that surface level understanding of my type for just awareness of who I am and how I work. But I know that that's also just scratching the surface. Something that I was curious about and wanted to ask you is you speak a lot about different gates. And I'm curious, like I've never heard of gates before. And how does that work with our design type? And, and, and what like what are they? Yeah, great question. So the gates, I'm going to take one step back. So human design is a synthesis of Western astrology, the chakra system, the Kabbalah tree of life, and then the I Ching. So the I Ching is the Chinese book of changes. So the I Ching is also, it's been a divination tool that they've used for thousands of years. And it's basically like the 64 ways that humans can change. And it takes this journey from uh, what they call the, the first line of the, the hexagram to the last line. So whenever you see in human design line one, two, three, four, five, or six, this is where it correlates to the I Ching. The I Ching has now also been mapped back to our genetic DNA codons. So we actually now know that when we understand the gates, because this is what we call the gates in human design, when we understand the energies that lies, lie in our gates and we're moving from the shadow expression to the higher expression, we are switching on and off our DNA, like the good stuff we're switching on and the not the unresourceful stuff and maybe the dis-ease stuff we can switch off. So the gates are going to be when you're looking at your chart, you're going to see a bunch of numbers inside all of the shapes. They're the gates. You're also going to see them in the glyphs that sit in the, each side of your chart, which are all the planets, and then whatever gate correlates to whichever planet, um, dependent on the time of birth, are going to be on the left and the right. Now, the gates are so nuanced. So often what's going to happen is that when you come to human design, especially as a line one, like if you spent any time, you would all of a sudden be like, oh my God, I need to know about the gates because these are these really detailed parts of who I am. 
And what can happen is that it gets really overwhelming because there's so many layers to go through first to understand before you get to the gates because the gates can be very nuanced depending on where they turn up. Like if they're in your incarnation cross, they're this really big theme. But, you know, if they maybe sit, I don't know, in your Neptune, then then maybe not going to be so known to you. Maybe they're even hidden. Maybe it's something that you need to bring out. But the gates are going to really help you understand the nuances of who you are. So let me give you an example. We'll have a look at your chart. And in your person, what we call your personality sun. So if you guys, if anyone's playing along at home, they have their chart, you can go and get, you can press pause and go and get your free chart on my website if you want to. It's emmadunwoody.com. And you just put your details in, get your free chart, and then you can come back and play along. So if you're looking at your chart, and you look at the top right-hand square from the, the right-hand side of the column on the chart. That's your personality sun. So your personality sun is this energy that is really, it's one of your primary energies, okay? So it's going to be something that you feel is very true to you. It's also your life's work. So it's going to have a big impact. It's a large part of your purpose. But purpose, again, I talk a lot about purpose. It's it's There's a lot of factors that, that plug in. So for you as a projector, the container of your purpose is always to be a guide because your ability to see the way people are using their energy or how systems work is very nuanced. It's very clever. It's very wise. So that's kind of like the container. And then we start to chunk down. So let's say we'll take your personality sun and you've got the gate 14, line one. So what that means is that in the shadow of the 14, and this is probably something that you might be aware of in an earlier part of your career, the shadow is to be really compliant, is to do the work that do any work the way other people think you should do work. So that might be turning up to an office, working, you know, eight o'clock to six o'clock, hustling your butt, doing all the things. And what's going to happen is that you actually shut down the magic of the 14 because the 14 is all about, it's called power skills. So this energy, it sits in what we call individual circuitry. So it's all about what you do uniquely well. And when you trust the way, you know, you break the rules, you do it the way that you do it uniquely well, you trust your individuality and how you bring your individuality to the work that you do, then you get paid for it. And it's almost like, wow, I just, if I'm just me, I get paid for it. This gate is one of what we call one of the money gates. So it actually brings you resources so that you can continue to do this unique power skills, these unique power skills that you've got. Does that resonate with you? Oh, for sure. I was just smiling right now because I always say your authentic self is your wealthy self. And so that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> you know what? That could even be a mantra for the gate 14. You know, like as I, I'm always saying, we always speak our design. We can hear it. You know, the fact that I, my highest desire is to have everyone on planet earth get along. And that's my 37. That's my personality, son. So when we start to understand the gates, we can really understand some of the nuances. And for me, I uh, another part, well, it's not part of human design, but another thing that works beautifully with human design is the gene keys. Now, for me personally, I've create, created this thing called transformational human design where I've taken all the transformational coaching methods and methodology, human design, the gene keys and intuition. And I've basically put them all together because it, it feels like the, the most you know, typical MG, it's the fastest road to transformation and alignment to the self. Now, Within your design, what I want to just touch on and 
just staying with this gates question is that there's a part of our design, which is our design Mars. So it's on the left-hand side of the chart. It's the circle with the little arrow pointing up to the right. And it's the number that sits in there that is going to actually give us, not only is it going to give us our core wound, it's also going to give us our core talent. So I want to talk a little bit this for, about this from a, a business perspective. So you've got the 35 the 35 line five. So the 35 is very much about human experience. So straight away, I can start to see a pattern. And this is what's important about our design is we have to, although we sort of pull the pieces out to learn them, we have to make sure that we put them all back together because it's the the expression that we bring to it. It's the life that we bring to our design, the essence that we bring to our design that is the most important. It's not the pieces, it's the whole. And for you, having the 35 there, it's like this culmination of human experience. So a large part of your core talent is going to be, you know, articulating and helping people with human experience, with, you know, the experience of not only like emotional experience, but physical experience, adventure, challenge, all of these things. It's this energy that really wants to go out into the world, have an experience, reflect on it, and then freaking tell everybody about it. And because you've got the line three as well in your profile, they work really beautifully together. So you're going to be out there having experiments, but then you want to share. And because you have the line five in there, it's all about leadership. It's about what we call universalization. So once you've had these experiences, you've reflected, you've learned all these things, you started to tell your friends, you're like, I love you guys, but I need to tell more people. I need to tell the entire world. And that's what's really important about your core talent is that you are sharing it with the world. Does that resonate with you? Oh, 100%. I mean, I feel like that is me through and through. I'm curious though, what is that? How does that result in like, how is that the core wound as well too? Like, where's the shadow side of that? Yeah, so the, the core talent. I, they are part of what we what I referred to earlier, the gene keys. So the gene keys, they're created by this awesome human called Richard Rudd. And he has created this depth of knowledge. And within there, there are these two certain pathways. And two of the pathways, what's the word, coincide at this, what we call the vocation and the core wound. The core wound is actually something that we are born with. It in, in this methodology, we believe that it was placed when the soul came in. The soul came in roughly three months before we were born. So it's going to be a large part of our most significant lesson because when we when we understand our core wound, then we can constantly be working with it and we can kind of see it show up in all of these places. And what it does is when we start to work with our core wound and all that is is like integrating the shadow I'm um, kind of going, oh yeah, that's in me. Yep. Oh yeah. It showed up there. Oh yeah. It showed up there and not demonizing it, not putting it out there, bringing it in and going, okay, cool. So that's my, my fear expression. What needs healing here? Maybe there's trauma. Maybe there's an actual real life trauma experience that this is in alignment with. It'll help you heal it. And then you can start to move into these higher expressions. So for you specifically, the shadow of the 35 is a thing called hunger. So it's this innate hunger for progress. And it can be progress at any means. It can be like adventure, sorry, experience at any means. It's like, oh my God, I've got to tr just put myself out here. I've got to try this. I've got to do that. But you're not actually connected to the heart. You're just like, oh my God, I just have to have all these experiences because, you know, there's a gap without it. Does that resonate with you? Yes, very much so. 
Yeah. Yeah. And we can do these things in like a repressive way or a reactive way. Like the repressive way is bored. So it's kind of like, oh, fine, I won't do anything. Or the the reactive way is like manic. It's like, oh my God, just, just give me more experiences. Give me more experiences. But then for you, so that's going to be your core wound. And your core wound might be that what you what might show up for you is that when you're in this place, so when in some way you've shut down your heart, because that's what this is, is at its core, you've shut down your heart. So instead of opening your heart and being present in the moment, moment, you get into this place of like, I just have to have all these experiences. I just have to try something else, try something else, try something else, try something else. What about this? What about that? What about this? What about that? And instead, what you want to do is you want to open up your heart. And for you, the, the, it's the gift of the 35 is adventure. And all of a sudden you shift into this place of like, wow, where does my heart want to go? And trusting the heart and being guided by the heart. And this leads you into this highest expression of boundlessness. So what that means is that, you know, not only is it adventure, there's like an entire universe of adventure out there that your heart wants to take you to experience. So the core wound is really about reopening the heart understanding that when we see these shadow behaviors we need to heal something we need to you know be curious what's causing that what needs to be integrated and then we open our heart and we move into these higher expressions and so you would also do that in business you know as your core talent you're going to probably find that you work with a lot of people that are just like They'll come to you after trying every single strategy, never grounding any strategy, just trying all the things, but never actually being grounded in their heart, in their body, you know, with the breath work to actually know what adventure is correct for them. And then you help them through breath work, ground down and get out of that shadow and ground down into their body. And then they can, you know, start that adventure, you know, whether that's business or whatever else. Does that resonate? Mm. Yes, 100%. I feel like my heart is just opening hearing you express this and share this with me. So for everybody, is it the, just like grounding into the heart or is it specific because my heart is my, my G center is defined? Yep, you absolutely did. So no, it, it, when we talk about our core wound or our, our core talent, we're talking about opening the heart because this is an area where you know, the core wound is actually almost the end of, in the Gene Keys, Richard Rudd talks about the, the Venus sequence. So it's it's actually where we start to learn. It's our first experience of how we operate from the heart. So in our mother's womb, we're heart open. But the moment we're born, we unless we are fully received with unconditional love, we, can, we don't keep our hearts open. We start to close them. So this is the process of like reopening the heart. So it's the same for everybody. It's just looking at that. Each gate will be different depending your core wound and your core talent will be different. Mm, it's so fascinating. So what would you say, is there like a practice that is kind of universal, universal regardless of what type you have to just support people in being able to live in their type, like doing something every single day? Or would you suggest different things for different people? Mm, I love that. So the first thing I always suggest is like, get your chart and start running your experiment. If you don't know what I'm talking about, as I said, go to my website, get your chart because we've set up. Once you get your chart, we're going to help you run the experiment. We'll give you step-by-step. -step. We'll send you even to the podcast with the episodes that help you run it step-by-step. -step. 
because it is all about that. It's about really starting to understand your energy because so much of the time human design will help you understand that a lot of the things that you feel aren't actually yours. And you'll start to realize that you've created an identity from other people's energy. You know, if you're a non-emotional being and you've been raised by an emotional being and there's these huge big emotions in your family, but you're called the emotional one, that identity is stuck as, as you're emotional, but actually you're not. You just need to process stuff, clear things up, get back into alignment and you can settle that emotional, that, that emotion within you. So running the experiment is the first thing, strategy and authority, first thing, like that's all you got to do. What I always advise people, no matter what type you are, it's really important to understand what it feels like being in your own aura without people and then with other people. So doing, even breath work would be a great combination to this, but body scans, making sure that you're out of aura. So you're only in your own aura and you just sit for a few minutes and run your awareness, eyes closed, take a few deep breaths, be present run your awareness up and down your body to see how you feel energetically. And then you notice as you go into aura with other people, how your energy shifts and changes. So you can start to understand that, wow, I might just be taking in and amplifying somebody else's energy. This mightn't even be mine at all, which shifts us to this place of being more compassionate. Like, wow, are you feeling that? Oh, I feel for you because there's nothing that you need to do about it now that you realize that it's not yours. So body scanning, really getting to know your own energy as in how it feels to be in this body, in this aura on the daily and how other people's energy shifts and changes that is really, really important. Yeah. I mean, just having the awareness of how you feel is life-changing. I mean, you know, when I think about life prior to me utilizing somatics, somatic practices like breath work or just simple body scans versus now how I feel in rooms with other people is so different and it feels so much safer in my body because of that. Mm -hmm. I, I'm able to create space between someone else and myself. I'm able to, even yesterday, we had some friends that were celebrating my partner's birthday and there was like five or six of us all hanging out throughout the day and then a big group later in the evening and we were all hanging out in between lunch and going and doing a bonfire and I was like wow I'm really tired and like I just need to like go in the bedroom for like 10 minutes and just breathe and be in my body because I can tell that there's an energy inside of me right now that it just doesn't really feel that great. And I want to like reconnect to my own energy and create that just like that, just reacquaint myself with my own energy and just help, help my mind grasp the fact that like that's theirs and this is mine. And that practice itself is, I mean, it's transformational because how often do we let our external world dictate how we feel and how often does how we feel dictate how we show up in life and and how we operate? Exactly. And I love that, like, this is such a beautiful example of, you know, like being your design, like being a projector, but also because you've got an undefined sacral, an undefined will center, and an undefined emotional solar plexus, they're three of the four motors. So they're the ones that are almost like giving off the most energy. So when you're in aura or in penta, so once you're with five or more people, we call it a penta, then 
you are running all of your amplifying and reflecting back everybody else's energy. And 70% of the global population have a defined cycle. So you're definitely surrounded by generators or manifesting generators. And, you know, you're in this situation and you want to be with your friends and you want to be present, but you just, like you say, you're exhausted because everybody else's energy. And it's not that they're sucking energy from you because that's not actually how energy how projectors energy works what's happening is you're running their energy through your system and reflecting it back so what is tiring about that is because it's like that's running through you so that's really helpful if you're sitting in a cafe and you want to get a bunch of stuff done and there's like yep I've got this sacral energy because this person over here who I don't know and I don't have to talk to I'm just borrowing their energy and then I can get up and walk away that's very different to, oh my God, I really want to be present with my friends. We've got this really big afternoon. So not only are you doing the physical things that are tiring and, you know, like you're a line one as well. So you you, you might even be on that like kind of more introverted scale. And, yes. and <laughs> yeah, so, you know, your internal world, you're so, so sensitive to the external world and how everybody is interacting and you're a projector on top of that. Like there's all of these things within your design that say, okay, I love to be with people, but I also need to be aware that I have to decompress. I have to get in the shower or get in the ocean or whatever it is to wash everybody else's energy off me. It's not like they're vampires. It's not like you need to protect yourself or anything like that, but you need to be aware that it's not yours, that you need to cleanse yourself. And I love that, you know, you already went into the room, did your breath work, cleansed that energy for you because yeah, it's exhausting. I mean, I'm a manifesting generator, but I only have four defined centers. So I also find other people's energy very exhausting because when I'm on, I'm on and I'm all in and I'm doing all the things and I can go for 10 hours. But the moment I unplug, whether it's been an hour or 10 hours, the moment I unplug, I just deflate because of all the other energy I've been processing. So that's a really long answer. But yes, it's it's so, so important that you take that time out to let go of other people's energy. Yeah. I mean, I just feel like this whole conversation has just been so validating. And, you know, like we were saying at the very beginning, it's the knowing of yourself, right? And when we know ourselves, we're able to make better decisions. So I'm curious for somebody that is listening that does have a business and wants to run their business from a more uh, aligned space, because why the heck would we not? Where exactly. would you where would you say to start? Like what is where is the piece to start as it relates to business? Like are there things that need to be deconstructed and looked at and refined or are we able to kind of just like take this information, this knowledge and then utilize it moving forward? I'm so, I'm just so curious because I know certain people like really like hone in on human design specifically for business. And it sounds like in a lot of the work that you were doing and when you brought it into the corporate world, that's exactly what it was. And I just find that like, that's the piece that I'm most fascinated with is how we can incorporate it and progress driven, results driven. I'm like, how do we use this in business to like really just like ramp up the volume and make things easier too? Yeah, I, I love this question. I've always been very you know, driven by business and by the work, you know, again, I'm an MG. So it's a large part of, of who I am. I want to build things from a business perspective. I think one of the things we have to be very careful of is saying, oh yeah, well, it's exactly this system. This is how you do it. The simplest answer is if we could overnight just surrender to our design and say, 
okay, well, I'm just going to run the experiment, follow my strategy and authority and just follow my strategy and authority. Then we wouldn't actually have to do anything else. We would just turn up. We would wake up each day. We would feel excited about it. Maybe we had intuition. Maybe a friend said something that would, you know, a, a generator or a manifesting generator, we'd fill it up as a projector. You'd be like, oh my God, I want to go learn that thing. And once you've learned that thing, you're like, I want to go like build that structure. Um, I want to obsess about that thing. You know, if you're a manifester, you're like, wow, I just have to go and create. I need to initiate this thing. I need to create it. I need to inspire people into action. If you're a reflector, well, you're just waking up and being like, I wonder what is going to happen today. Like, and if we could really be in those those places and just operate from strategy and authority, which is a lot of how I've built my business, then our business will unfold. It's going to unfold in front of us. You know, for me, we've just hired this incredible consultant who's worked with some really big names that have got very big businesses. And she keeps saying to us, like, I don't know how you've had this, this success. Like, how did you do this? And we're like, strategy and authority, strategy and authority. And the next piece about business is that it's like what you just said, it's like, know thyself. So run the experiment, get curious, start to understand the deeper levels, like your centers, your incarnation cross, your gates, um, core talent, you know, maybe dive into the gene keys and understand the, the activation and the, the, the prosperity and all of these other things. Because it's not that these systems are here to tell you who you are, but these systems are here to, to almost like help you trust who you are and give you full permission. Because if you're coming from that place, what we're shifting is this old paradigm if we go external first. So I think I want a business. I go, I look, okay, there's all these people that have a business. I want one like them. So I'm going to do what they did to get what they have. But what human design says is, okay, well, what do I want? You know, I know a lot of what drives me is, like I said to you, there is this part of me that's like, I want to know my greatness. That's something that I've always been curious about since I was tiny. Like what tiny kid thinks about that? Yet in my design, I have the gate 16. It sits in my design earth. It's all about mastery. I'm like, there it is. There it is. So this thing that's just sat in me forever that for many years, I was like, oh, you're a fool, Emma. Why would you think that? Why would you think that you could be that impactful? However, my human design really helped me to see like, well, I'm a line five, so I'm going to have an impact. That's going to happen. So it, it, if you can just be curious and playful with your design, if you can just step through things like your authority, like get the hang on your authority, understand your profile, these themes that are going to show up and just slowly go deeper and deeper and almost surrender to it, then your business is going to unfold. It's going to unfold in front of you. And, you know, in my experience, it's going to be bigger and brighter and better than you could ever have imagined. Mm, yeah. And I just feel like it's like not as much forcing and like trying to like fit a square peg and a round hole, but instead, like, like you said, like the surrender piece, surrendering and in, into who you are. And I feel like there's also this, this level of, there's so much space within the kind of, not necessarily constraints, but within the container of who we are. Right. Whereas if we, if everything is undefined and all options exist, and there's so many different ways in which we can go, often that can lead to paralysis for people because there's just too many options. And so to understand, like, for example, 
the, 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 the core talent and, and knowing like experience and adventure and like being able to sit with that and really digest the experience and what I learned from it and then distill it into something for others. Like that is very helpful for me. It like whittles down the amount of options. And so there's like all of this actual space that comes from the constraint that can be really freeing for people that maybe don't know where to start and don't know what direction to go in. Oh, exactly. And I think the other piece that's so important is that when you dive into these parts of your design, they're always things that you love. They're always the things that you're like, even the shadow part, you're like, you don't love that. Be like, oh yeah, that's that thing that I do all the time. Oh, yep. That's the thing that has stopped me from X, Y, Z, or yep, that shows up in my relationships. So then you have a very specific thing that you can work on that you, and not only that, you know, with transformational human design that I've created, what's so important is that the shadow is going to say, look, here's the fear. What's the fear attached to, or what's the pattern that's been created, the behavior or the identity, right? Okay, great. But what's the potential? So we spend so much time in the personal development and spiritual development world on our shadow, on our fears, on our healing, our trauma. We do not spend enough time looking at our potential. We don't. <laughs> and that, that's a problem. Because at the end of the day, what we focus on is what we get. That's the way our brain works. It's how our energy works. We have to master our focus. Breath work, meditation. Why do you think they're so powerful? Because it's helping us master our focus. And what transformational human design does, it's like, okay, these these fears and shadows and whatever, they're all here. They're ready for transmutation. They're ready for change. They're ready to be integrated. And this is the highest potential. So for you, that there's this potential, like your, your core talent is boundlessness. Like it's this, like, there is, there is nowhere I cannot go. I can go everywhere. I can experience everything. But just like you said, if you went there straight away, your head would implode, you know, like our mind can't do that. But if we start to integrate the, the shadow and the fear and the whatever, but we're constantly like, wow, that's the potential far out and we follow strategy and authority to to this potential then we're guided where we need to go you know like these are all things that our heart and our soul and the universe they're all trying to guide us to see they're not things that we're going to be dragged to you know unwillingly yeah I mean I just find this so fun and just and, and fascinating and like this whole conversation has really just gotten me so lit up and excited to explore my chart and to just to know myself more. And I, I love how you've created this system of transformational human design. And I'm so curious because I know everyone else listening is like, okay, where do I get my hands on this information? How do I dive? Well, maybe all of the, all of you with ones in your, in your chart are probably right there with me where I'm like, let's dive deep. Let's go down the rabbit hole. So where can we, like, where's the best place to start in your world and to learn more about transformational human design and to just kind of like get our feet wet and start to use so much of this, of what you've shared today to support ourselves. Mm, Thank you for asking. I really appreciate that. So the first place really is the podcast. You can go to the podcast, which is the human design podcast. I do highly recommend that you first go to the website, which is emmadunwoody.com and get your free chart. Now in that process, we've set it up so that you will be sent at a really easy and effortless way 
the details of your chart at intervals because the human brain can't take too much at once because otherwise it goes into, into overwhelm and it just shuts down. So we've actually set it up to make it as easy and effortless to, to digest. Now, that's all free. We have so much free resource because when I was at my rock bottom, I was there for seven years. I considered taking my own life. I needed all this help. I had no money. So a large part of the mission that we put out in the world is that you you, you reference my Instagram as well. Like I, I say to Brittany, who um, is my marketing manager, like it has to be a library. That's what it's about. And, you know, they're like, but people want to see your life. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'll do that too. But it has to be a library. So we have all of these resources because we want you to pick up your human design. We want you to experiment. Now, if you, like so many other people, are like, okay, this is it. This is my thing. I want to dive in. We have an incredible community called HDX, which is the human design experience. And this membership community, we dive deep into everything in human design. And it's the most incredible human design community on the planet. It, obviously, in my opinion, but it's really, really beautiful. And if you're curious about that, you can go and jump on the wait list. We are going to have an event on the 2nd of November, which is going to help you dive into your design. It's going to be about making human design simple for you. And then you can learn a little bit more about HDX. But if you just pay attention to my Instagram, which is the human design coach, there's some underscores in there. But if you just look up Emma Dunwoody, you'll find me. Check out the website and go and get your free chart. Jump on the podcast you won't miss it. It's going to be such an epic event on the 2nd of November. So, so excited to see so many people there. You are incredible. <laughs> Thank you. I, I am just so grateful and we'll link everything in the show notes as well too. So it's just really easy for everybody to follow you, to head to the website and get your chart. And even if you've done your chart in the past because I imagine many of you that have an awareness of human design have actually looked up your chart just the fact that you are releasing so much free information and resources specific to everyone's chart is so valuable and like above and beyond again any other human design resource that I've ever come across and I've come across quite a bit. And so I think that there's just so much value. And I don't care if you already know your type, your strategy or authority, like go get your chart just for the fact that you get those drops and all of that wisdom, the podcast. I mean, I just feel so grateful that we got to have this conversation because now I kind of know what my next rabbit hole is. And so when you said, you know, wake up in the morning and go learn something and go dive in, I'm like, oh, I know exactly what I'm diving into. So thank you so much, like truly from the bottom of my heart. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. This conversation has lit me up. I'm energized. I'm so excited to dive deep. And I just really appreciate you coming on and sharing so much wisdom. Thank you. Thank you so, so much for having me. And as I said, our mission is that we want to take this mainstream. So we want to make it as easy and accessible for everybody so that they tell everybody how much their life has got better. They're parenting their kids better. They're succeeding better. So thank you for giving me the opportunity to share all of that with your amazing listeners. Thanks for having me. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to this week's episode of the alchemized life as always all of the things that we mentioned inside of the episode you can find inside of the show notes including links to our upcoming programs like the academy of breath our 12-week breathwork and meditation certification program and breathwork our six-week personal practice course 
Both of those can be found at academyofbreath.org. And if you're interested in any of my upcoming business coaching programs like Proximity, my 12-month membership, which is essentially an all-access pass into every program, every course, and hot seat community coaching calls once a month, you can find that at avajohanna.com. And finally, if you enjoyed this week's episode, it would mean the world if you share it with a friend or tag us on your social media. Make sure to tag me at I am Ava Johanna. And if you've been listening to the show every Tuesday, it would be so appreciated if you could leave a review on Apple Podcasts and give the show a follow on Spotify. I truly am so grateful for all of your support and this amazing community that we've built since 2018. And I cannot wait to see you guys next week for another show.